Floorboards, the shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us right now with your home improvement project. We know there is something on your how-to to-do list, and we're here to help you get the job done. Maybe it's a project you started and just got disgusted with because it got in maybe a bit over your head. Hey, we're not here to judge. We're here to help. So pick up the phone and call us at one eight 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 Money Pit. We will get you out of that jam. Maybe it's a project that you've been thinking about doing. And you just don't know where to start. Well, how about starting with a call to one eight 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 Money Pit? Maybe your project is a bath renovation. Like perhaps you have a very tiny powder room. It's been feeling more cramped than ever. Well, if that is your project, you're in luck because this hour on the program, we're going to have tips on how to make a small space work better for you. That's right. You know, I had a, it was a full bath in my very first apartment in New York City that I could be sitting on the toilet, put my foot in the shower and wash my hands in the sink at the exact same time. (laughs) (laughs) That is a full bath in Manhattan. (laughs) Proper space management. All right. Also ahead, we're going to have some tips on microwave oven safety. You know, our busy lives totally would not be the same without them. But if yours is mounted up above, it might not be as safe as you would like it to be. We're going to tell you about the best space saving place to put a microwave so that you can use it without stretching, reaching, or even worse, burning yourself. And if you're all about quick and easy solutions like we are, we've got one for cleaning your grill. It's a chemical-free and completely biodegradable solution. If you can cut the buildup on your grill with a knife, you're going to want info on this cleaner that will take the work out of a chore we all hate to do. Plus this hour, we've got a great prize that we're giving away. Thanks to our friends at Lumber Liquidators, we have got up for grabs a $500 gift certificate to Lumber Liquidators. And that's, of course, for one lucky person whose name we choose at random this hour. So give us a call right now. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. You could win a five hundred dollar gift card to Lumber Liquidator simply by picking up the phone and calling us with your home improvement question. Let's get to it. Who's first? Pete in Colorado is under attack by woodpeckers. Tell us what's going on. <laughs> Yep, we've got a wood-sided house, and it's beautiful, except that every spring, the woodpeckers show up, and in about 15 minutes max, they can drill a hole three or four inches diameter in the side of the house. Wow. And I would love a way to get rid of them, and uh, a slight extra complication, if you're thinking of extreme measures, my wife is a naturalist, and she (laughs) wouldn't want to be too upset, so probably no 22s. Yeah, so weapons are out of the question. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, there's an option, Pete, um, and and that is, uh, one thing that actually works very, very well is if you can attach something that's very reflective to the siding and even have it blowing in the wind, like a couple of tin pie plates works really well. Hang it from the from the fascia or the soffit in that area when the when the uh, woodpeckers decide to come and uh, nest, and that usually really freaks them out and sends them to the neighbor's house. How far apart would you place them? <clears throat> I don't. I well, well, how wide's your house? Like thirty feet, maybe. Uh, thirty feet wide and a hundred feet long. And do they attack the hundred foot side as well? Oh yeah. Yeah, maybe every ten feet. 
Okay. Give it a shot. Try one side of the house and see if it see if they stay off that side. You'll know you have a solution. <laughs> and it's you just the take other. it down when it gets a little warmer and they and they uh, are not so into uh, searching for bugs behind your siding. Oh yeah. Well, they, they mostly do it in order to attract a mate. So once they've taken care of that, we're done. <laughs> Tell them you'll build them a house. Leave yeah, yours really. alone. <laughs> Pete, thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Now we're going to talk to Helen, who has a painting question. What can we do for you today? I have a question about movable shutters. Okay. Need repainting. And uh, the painter seems quite reluctant to do it because he claims that uh, they won't be moving. They won't be movable after they are painted. Well, that's not true. If they're painted correctly, they would be. And, and, and if they are movable shutters, they're hand shutters. You know what the important, most important part of that shutter is to paint? The backside, because that's where it's going to rot. And if you ignore painting the backside, they'll start to rot from the back forward, and they're not going to be movable very much longer after that. And you would want to remove them from the home for painting in the first place, correct? Or certainly, um, if they're on hinges, open them out. Open them out. That's right. So you could paint the back and the front. That's that's silly. I mean, you definitely can paint the shutters if they're done correctly. It sounds like you got a painter here that just doesn't want to do the job. <laughs> they're indoor shutters, not outdoor. Oh, indoor shutters? Yes. What are they shuttering if they're indoor shutters? Windows. They're, they're like decorative plantain, oh, you mean decorative like plantation shutters. shutters. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. You still can paint them. I don't see why not. I'll tell you what. If he's concerned about it, he could take the hinges off mm-hmm. and then put them all back on. Would spraying be a better idea? No, not necessarily. I mean, it, either way was, is fine. Mm-hmm. But they certainly can be painted. I mean, are they plastic or are they wood? Wood. Then there should be no issues. I see no reason you can't do that, Helen. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. She's got a painter that just doesn't want to do the job. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can call in your home repair or your home improvement question 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, do you have to reach up to use your microwave oven? After a while, this can definitely take a toll on your shoulders, your arms, and your back. So we've got some tips on how to avoid stretching and straining for your supper with some alternate microwave solutions next. On the Money Pit Radio Show. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by Bear Premium Exterior Weatherproofing Wood Stains and Finishes with an advanced 100% acrylic resin to protect decks, siding, and fences from sun, rain, snow, and ice. The line offers long-lasting beauty and excellent durability. For more information, visit bear.com. That's B-E-H-R.com. Bear products are available exclusively at the Home Depot. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at MoneyPit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And you should pick up the phone and give us a call at one eight 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 Money Pit this hour because if you don't have a home improvement project, the prize that we're giving away is going to give you one, two, maybe You want to start one. Yeah, exactly. It's going to make you want to start one. We've got a great prize for one lucky caller this hour. We are giving away a $500 gift certificate to Lumber Liquidators, and that's enough to do maybe more than one room in your house. And Lumber Liquidators carries everything from hardwoods to engineered woods, 
green flooring options, laminates, you name it, they've got it. There's probably a store right around the corner from where you live because they've got one in practically every state. And if they don't, they'll ship it to you anywhere. Lumber Liquidators, hardwood floors for less. So call 1-800-HARDWOOD for the location nearest to you so you can check it out in person. And pick up the phone and give us a call for your chance to win at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Well, if you've got a newer home, there's most likely a microwave in the kitchen. Builders love to mount microwaves, though, above the stove or high up on a wall. These are places where the ovens are really hard to reach, and surveys are now showing they can be a hazard. They force you to reach above your head to get hot foods out of the oven. You lose your balance. You could burn yourself, break a dish, or both. There mm-hmm. is, however a better solution. Mm -hmm, That's right. When you're placing your microwave, try to keep in mind that they really shouldn't be higher than 48 inches above the floor. Now, is your microwave mounted on the wall? If it is, then go ahead and just put a shelf underneath the oven where you can actually rest hot foods after they finish cooking. You know, it's like that little extra step from the oven to your countertop. Better yet, you can actually put your microwave on the counter and that'll leave you plenty of space for your hot dishes. And, you know, another option, remember when we did that makeover for the uh, AARP that we filmed? Oh, is it Sharp that has that drawer-style right. one? Yep, it was a drawer-style microwave, and we built it right into the cabinets, right under the countertop, and it was like a big bread drawer. Mm-hmm. You just pull it out, and the microwave was right there, and that was super easy to use. So there were a lot of safer options for microwave placement. Think about that the next time you're ready to get a new microwave oven. 888-666-3974. Who's next? John in Missouri. You've got the money, but how can we help you today? Okay. Um, I want to know, um, after uh, a rain, a day or two after a rain, uh, the water uh, trickles uh, through the basement, and there's no standing water outside. Uh, do I have a creek under my house, or is it... Uh, are the houses sinking, or what no, does this indicate? No, it's not that, it's not that complicated, John. Um, what happens is the soil gets very saturated around the outside of the house, and it can take a day or two to soak into the foundation. What you need to do is to take some steps to uh, improve the drainage outside so water doesn't collect as much around the foundation perimeter. Look at your gutter system. Extend the downspouts, getting it out four to six feet from the house. Take a look at the grading. Adjust that grading so it slopes about six inches down over four feet going away from the house. Add some clean fill dirt. If you get the angle set just right, if you manage the gutters uh, and don't collect water around the foundation, that wet basement problem will dry up very quickly. Well, now, uh, I have a window well, and uh, uh, you know how low window wells are. I can can actually see water at times coming up from the bottom. Yeah, I bet you uh, and can. And has filled that window well to at least uh, 10 gallons of water I have to scoop out of it. And yeah. in wintertime, it, it, it's, not a, it's not a pleasant thing to do. Yeah, you've got to stop the water from collecting at the foundation. That's why it's going in there. It's not necessarily falling straight down. It's collecting at the foundation perimeter, and it's, it's, it's running to areas of least resistance. So look again at the gutter system. Look at the downspouts. We want the downspouts out four feet from the house. We want the soil sloping away. If you want to add a cover to the window well, fine. Go ahead and do it. But I think your main problem is drainage. And if you solve that, the wet basement will go away. John, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Heading over to Georgia to chat with Carolyn about a noisy toilet. Tell us about the problem. We have a toilet that's 
automatically flushes. You can hear the sound in the bedroom, in the hall, and all of the sound and water seems to take place in the tank. What causes a toilet to spontaneously flush? Well, you know, some people would pay thousands of dollars to have their toilet automatically flush. (laughs) Uh, The reason it's happening is because you have a leaking flush valve. That's the valve in the bottom of the toilet. And what happens is it leaks water out to the point where the fill valve wants to sort of complete the job and refill the toilet. And so the solution is to replace the flush valve, but since both flush and fill valves are so inexpensive, I would replace all of the guts of the toilet, both flush and fill valve. It'll cost you about 15 bucks in parts. It's not too hard to do it yourself, and that problem mm-hmm. will go away for good, Carolyn. Oh, that sounds great. That sounds great. So I will replace both of them, just as you said. And Carolyn, there's a great website. It's fluidmaster.com, and they give you detailed pictures of the entire process step-by-step, how to go ahead and change both of these items so you can actually do it yourself. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Carolyn. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Now we're going to chat with Bill from Ohio, who's dealing with a soundproofing issue. How can we help you? Thanks, guys. I'm looking to uh, do a home theater in, in my basement, and I'd like to know what materials or processes you recommend for soundproofing, um, insulating that that noise from the rest of the house. That's a very fun project. There's actually a number of uh, soundproof drywall products out there. Yeah, the uh, the Quiet Rocks and... Yeah, that's right, the Quiet Rocks and products like that, where basically you have sort of a sound baffling technology built into the board. I will tell you that they're very expensive, Mm -hmm. but if you like your peace and quiet, um, that's a way to get a reasonably quiet room without the expense associated with, say, building a separate uh, wall or a separate ceiling. Because in, in the studio, for example, like those that we work in, you have actually uh, double walls and double ceilings that create sort of a baffle for the sound. That space between them. There's also, I did a um, sort of a, a media room at a townhouse in Manhattan, and I used something, I, I mean, they really spent a lot of money and did the double wall, but... I did something as an additional texture on the outside from a company called AcousticalSurfaces.com, and it's sort of like a plastic tracking that you can create in whatever shape or size on the walls. You can do them floor to ceiling to do, you know, as wide as that blue foam insulative foam sheets, and then you sort of do this track on your wall, put the insulative sheet in between, and then you snap fabric around it, so you're essentially covering this foam and the tracking with the fabric, and all of a sudden it looks like you have these wonderful upholstered walls. And I did it completely myself. I mean, the trickiest part was cutting the plastic tracking when I had to miter it for the corners just to make sure that I didn't, you know, break it or crack it. So that took a little bit of finessing. But it really was a great do-it-yourself project, and they have excellent instructions on the website. And what was the name of that site again? It's AcousticalSurfaces.com. All right. Tom and Leslie, guys, thanks so much. You're welcome, Bill. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Heading to the great north to talk with Sharon in Alaska. What can we do for you in your money pit? Hi. Uh, I have a metal roof and no attic. And out on my porch, it's starting to leak. Now, how can I tell if that's leaking in the house and how can I fix it? Well, I mean, if it was leaking in the house, you would certainly see some evidence of moisture. But how do you fix it? Well, it depends on why it's leaking. Generally, you can use a silicone sealant on a metal roof because it attaches very, very well to metal. Okay. How can I tell if it's leaking, like, 
in between the ceiling and the roof. You definitely would see it because that ceiling material is not going to hold back the water. So if you're not seeing any stains, I wouldn't worry about it. But on a dry day, if you can get up in the roof over the porch and try to figure out where it's leaking, and if you want some help trying to figure that out, um, an easy way to do that is to grab a hose and work the roof one sort of section at a time and see if you can actually make it leak. And that will give you an indication as to where the leak is, and then you can seal that with silicone, and you'll be good to go. Now, the silicone, do I have to do that again in a couple years? No, it's pretty durable stuff. Um, So I would just do it once and see what happens. Okay, thank you. You're welcome, Sharon. Good luck with that project. Thanks for checking in with us from Alaska. Mike in Missouri has a house that's over 100 years old and is spending a ton of money on heating. Tell us about it. Well, I tell you what, I have a house that was built in uh, 1895. Uh, that's the best I could do. I think it's actually a little bit older. But uh, my house is pretty two-story, about 3,500 square feet. I have three furnaces and three air conditioners that uh, I used to uh, cool and heat the house. And, I mean, what we do, you know, we put plastic over the over the windows. We put draft things underneath the doors. And our, our heating bills, uh, especially in, in cooling bills in the, in the peak seasons, are just outrageous. And um, I'm thinking about adding some more insulation up in the attic, but I don't know what else I can do to, to uh, I mean, I feel like I'm putting the uh, utility company's uh, kids through college. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I hear you. So. Well, I tell you what, and the problem is here, Mike, you're doing the same thing that, that so many people do in this country, and that is they guess at what they think the energy-efficient improvement is that they need. There's a way not to guess, and it's called a home energy audit. And in your situation, it would be very wise for you to invest a little bit of money in this. Now, there may even be some uh, some TARP money out there to help pay for this, because I know that in our state, uh, the homeowner pays about 100 bucks, and the, the state pays another $300 to the auditor to get this whole thing done. It's a pretty comprehensive process. It involves checking uh, not only insulation and, and doors and windows and things like that, but even doing what's called a blower door test, which can check how drafty your house is. What you need is a comprehensive assessment so that you know what are the biggest, weakest links in terms of energy efficiency in your house. And then you can direct your dollars to attack the biggest one first and, and work down the list that way. That sounds about the right way, what I need to, what steps I need to take to get this resolved. You know, home energy audit can actually help make you a much smarter investor in the energy-efficient upgrades of your house because it's very sophisticated. You can even predict return on investment so that you'll know if you spend $500 on insulation how long it's going to take to make that money back. So that's where I would start. I'd contact your utility company to begin with, see if they have a home energy audit program, and if not, hire a private home energy auditor that's not too expensive, and you're going to get a very comprehensive report that's going to tell you what you need to do to make your home more energy efficient, save yourself some money, and be more comfortable at the same time. That sounds great. That's exactly what I'm going to do. I'll call them tomorrow. All right, Mike, thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. And tell those utility guys that their kids need to get a scholarship. <laughs> Good point. All right, well, it's officially the summer season, and you guys know that I love cooking on the grill. I love it. But what I don't love so much is that post-cookout cleanup. I hate that chore. Up next, we are going to share info with you on a 100% soy-based, biodegradable grill cleaning solution that works. It is miraculous, and it's going to help make this dreaded chore a bit easier. Where home-
Home Solutions Live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, after a summer's worth of cooking outdoors, you can probably cut the buildup on your grill with a knife and a fork. You know, the idea of using harsh chemicals is not so appealing. So how do you get that greasy, burnt-up buildup off of your grill? Well, there is a solution. We just discovered a line of cleaning products that are soy-based, making them completely biodegradable. But just how does the stuff that tastes so good in Asian food actually clean your grill? Here to tell us about new tech cleaning products is Kathy Horton, the company's CEO. Hi, Kathy. Hi, how are you? So I can only imagine you were sitting, having dinner at a Japanese restaurant. Eating edamame. And uh, <laughs> had this vision for this product. <laughs> how did it all begin? You know, I was very fortunate um, to uh, be offered some uh, green chemistry by some very gifted scientists and also to discover and formulate some on my own, which has enabled NewTek to launch some superb high-performance cleaning and lubricating products. Well, and it's interesting, when I first learned about NewTek and really understood that soy was the base of what was working here in the product, you know, I had no idea that soy had this sort of cleaning power to it. How did that all sort of come together? Because having used the products, it truly does work. Thank you for trying them, and I know you've been a a huge supporter, so I appreciate that. Soy, um, in in its basic basic formulation, is both soybean oil um, that you would know, soybean oil that's extruded from the bean, and then there is a a solvent base, which you can add to soy, which is known as soy methyl ester. And soy methyl ester is a little bit, uh, well, very similar to those product characteristics of a mineral spirit, except it's not toxic. Oh. Even certified for safe use around food. Well, that's terrific. And I think a lot of us tend to go straight to the chemical route when it comes to choosing a cleaning product. But the truth is that natural products have been around a lot longer and mm-hmm. offer just as great an experience without the risk of harming your health. Exactly. Now, I mean, it's really interesting because I've been familiarizing myself with a lot of your products, specifically the Simply Soy and most recently the Grime Off. And when it got time to start, you know, our grilling season, I grabbed for the Grime Off wipes and took one look at the propane tank on my grill and saw all the overspill of sauce and, you know, what have you from the season before and went right at it. And it was amazing how quickly the grime off truly took away all of the yuck that had built up on the tank. So much so that I grabbed that little silver dish underneath, you know, that catches all of the, oh, yeah. the grease, grease mm-hmm. and juices that sort of fall off at the bottom. And I know for three bucks I could have replaced it. But with one grime off wipe and a little bit of elbow grease from myself, that was spotless. Super. You know, the grime off is a, it's a, it's a, an amazing um detergent cleaner, which is 100% non-toxic, 100% natural cleaning uh, product, which actually we were just certified um, to a Boeing standard for use on aircraft to clean the entire outside, the landing gear, stripping off brake dust and and grime from landing an airplane you can't imagine. It just, three uh, grime off wipes, I completely clean the landing gear. That's truly amazing. Now, what about for the grill interior itself? I mean, it truly, the the grill plates get so disgusting and the interior of the grill itself. Can I use some of these products on the inside as well? You know, actually, we've uh, been working on a a process for putting together an entire maintenance and restoration packet for grills, and you certainly can. And what I've done on my own grill, and in fact, we have a, a little video link that I'll send you for your website, 
um, we basically um, spray all grill plates and pieces of metal on the grill with Simply Soy, and you let it sit for a couple of minutes, and then use your regular grill brush, and it will just eat the uh, grime off your grill. And then use a Simply Soy wipe to finish cleaning off the debris that's left. And what a process. I mean, after spraying the Simply Soy wipe, I run my fingernail down the grate and show the debris just peeling off. I mean, it's a magnificent video. And and really, you can just scrub away at it and uh, with a brush hog and it just, or whatever you use to clean your grill, and it just, just flies right off. And then the wipe obviously cleans the grill and leaves it, you know, beautifully looking. You know, Kathy, everything is just so amazing. Where can we run out and pick it up today? You know, you can always get things on our website um, uh, from our, our company store, but we are very blessed in the last year. We've, we've only had our products out a year, and we are in Home Depot, Ace, True Value, Northern Tool, Kroger. Uh, we just got into Tractor Supply, Advanced Auto. Um, we're really beginning to get traction in the marketplace. So those are the stores that you can find us in, and there's a store locator on our website for your ease of use. Now, here's the real test of a green company. Is your packaging also green? You know, I love this question, and thank you so much for, for asking it. We use soy ink. Wow. We use recyclable and recycled cardboard uh, or corrugated for our boxes. We use aluminum cans because they're a third less weight for travel and for freight, uh, recyclable at that. And we fill with nitrogen gas, which is, you know, 100% safe gas. Um, and we use recycled pa- recyclable plastic in our, our actuators or our nozzles on our products. So we're really, we really go at it to be true and sincere to a green message, not, not just greenwashing in, in who we are. Well, the products are fantastic. Congratulations. The website is newtechgreen.com. That's N-U-T-E-K green.com. The CEO is Kathy Horton. Kathy, thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit and uh, showing what a powerful additive soy can be to our cleaning arsenal. You know, thank you so much for having me and for being such gracious hosts. I'm, I'm very grateful. All right. Well, are the cramped bathroom quarters around your money pit driving you bonkers? You can actually save space and make a small bath seem much bigger with a few simple ideas. We're going to tell you all about them after this. You live in a money pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Generac and the Generac Automatic Standby Generator. Be protected and never worry about power outages again. Visit your favorite home improvement center or call 888-GENERAC or visit Generac.com. Your home will stay on the next time the power goes out. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. You should pick up the phone right now and give us a call at one eight 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 Money Pit. Why? Well, because you'll get the answer to your home improvement question and a chance at winning a great prize because this hour we're giving away a $500 gift certificate to Lumber Liquidators, which is enough to redo the floors in at least one room of your house. Now, Lumber Liquidators is a great company. They've got everything from hardwood to engineered wood, green flooring options, bamboo floor, laminates, you name it. And they've got stores in nearly every state. And if they don't have a store near you, no problem, because they'll ship just about anywhere. Lumber liquidators, hardwood floors for less. We've got a $500 gift card going to one caller who reaches us with their home improvement question at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 
That's right. Pick up the phone and give us a call. We'd love to hear what you're working on. And maybe your summer project is to tackle that small bathroom in your money pit that's kind of driving you a little bit up the wall just because you don't have a lot of space in there. Well, a small bath really doesn't have to be a problem bathroom. You know, there are plenty of products out there that you can install without a major makeover to make that tiny space more functional. You know, for example, you could consider a corner sink, whether it's pedestal style or wall mounted, a corner sink really does free up a ton of floor space. Now, setting up space saving storage elsewhere in the room means you don't need the traditional cabinet vanity and a smaller bowl still provides plenty of capacity to do all your washing needs. Now, another sink option is the vessel style, which is mounted on a scaled down cabinet or other furnishing that provides a bit of storage. Now, you've seen these vessel style sinks before. They look like bowls and they sit on top of the wood vanity cabinet. They look really cool. It's sort of an old-fashioned look, but there are a lot of very modern-looking vessels that really pull it nicely together. There's also a flat-top tank option that gives you another storage spot. And whether you place organizers directly on top of it or take advantage of the wall space above, you can definitely hang a cabinet or some shelves for some more storage. So no matter how big or small your bathroom is, there are lots of space-saving solutions for you to take advantage of. 888-666-3974 is the number that you need to take advantage of, though, if you have a home improvement question. Let's see who we can help next. Josh in Pennsylvania is calling about a foundation. What can we do for you? I own a home. It's over 100 years old. I recently bought the home, I'd say within the year. Okay. And it has a stone foundation that takes on some water. Mm-hmm. The whole basement does not flood. It's almost like it's concaved on one side where it leaks in a little bit and runs down to a hole where there's a sump pump. Right. I guess my question is, one, I had it quoted to get it quote-unquote repaired. Their definition of repaired was dig up the cement there, put a drain under it. Right. Or two, you know, just get cement and smooth over the whole basement and just clean up the walls with cement pretty much. Yeah, and neither of those solutions will work, okay? You know, just the other day we had a call from a writer at the New York Times that had this exact same question for an article that she was working on, and I'll tell you exactly what we told her. You almost never, ever need to install an underground drainage system like that. Uh, and in, in fact, doing so does not stop the walls from getting wet, will not protect the walls from caving in, because the water collecting outside those walls will remain whether or not you collect it on the inside or not. And especially when you have a solid wall, there's going to be no relief in pressure whatsoever. So the solution is how do we stop the walls from leaking without tearing up the inside of the house. The question is, how do we stop the walls from leaking without tearing up the inside of the house? And the answer to that is outside drainage, outside drainage, and outside drainage. Look at the gutter system. If you don't have one, get one. Make sure it's clean, free-flowing. The downspouts are extended four to six feet away from the foundation perimeter. And look at the angle of the soil around the house. It's probably flat. It's probably settled over the years. Add clean fill dirt not topsoil, clean filter, tamp it down, pack it down, should drop about six inches over four feet. And those two things alone will solve 95% of all wet basement problems. Okay, wonderful. I appreciate both of your help. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. 
Well, if you do it right, window replacement is always a good way to increase energy efficiency and cut your heating and cooling costs. But not all window replacement projects are created equally. We'll have tips on the easiest ways to get that done at your house after this. Money Pit is brought to you by Stanley Tools, your trusted name in quality hand tools. To learn more about their complete line of quality tools and everything for your toolbox, visit stanleytools.com. Where home solutions live, welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And since we are all very tech savvy these days, why not add the Money Pit to your Facebook page? You guys can totally fan the Money Pit. All you have to do is text Fan the Money Pit to FBook at 32665 right from your cell phone, and you will be immediately added as a friend to the Money Pit. And you can also send us an email message uh, by logging on to moneypit.com, or you can even post it uh, to our Facebook page, and you perhaps will get a very prompt and thorough answer, just like Frank did from California. All right, Frank writes, I want to replace windows and walls of stucco. What is the best way to cut and remove the stucco? The best thing to do, Frank, is to not cut and remove the stucco, but to use a replacement window. Now, a replacement window is automatically made to any size that you need, and it would fit inside the frame of the old window, therefore allowing you to insert a brand new window without damaging the stucco, which is very difficult to get back in good shape. So I would tell you to use replacement windows, and in fact, uh, we have a free download online at moneypit.com on the homepage, your complete replacement window guide right there. So you can actually get some tips on how to choose the windows, uh, how to get them installed, what the glass options are. It's all free uh, at moneypit.com. All right. And Winnet in New Jersey writes, I love your show. We have two fiberglass showers, hunter green and gray. They look worn, scratched, and water stained. Is there a product that can revive the showers to a new look? We don't have the money to replace them. Uh, yes, um, two things. First of all, clean them. Make sure you use CLR, which will get rid of all of the mineral deposits from the water. And then secondly, head to a marine store and get fiberglass polish, like what's used on boats. That has a very slight abrasive in it. It will remove any fine scratches and leave it looking much, much better without you having to replace those doors, Edwina. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You can use car wax on the walls only, only on the walls, once everything is super sparkly clean and that soap scum won't even stick to it. Hey, do you need a new way to get and stay organized? A good place to start might be to get all that clutter off your desk and onto the wall where it's easy to see and easily accessible. Leslie has a great idea on how to do just that in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Yeah, but there's got to be a method to your madness. You can't just start tacking everything up on the wall. Then it's a whole nother area for clutter. So let's start by actually creating something that you can use for storage. Now, Homosote, it's a compressed gray paperboard. You can find it at, you know, a traditional lumber yard. And it Made makes, in New Jersey, by the way. Is it really? Yeah. Homosote capital of the world. Well, who yeah, New knew? Jersey's known for a couple of things. Homosote. And uh, pork the Sopranos? Roll. Pork roll and the Sopranos, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, the Homus Oak, which we now know comes from New Jersey, it's basically a compressed gray paper board, and it makes for a terrific pushpin holding organizer for you and your family. It's sold just like any other lumber sheet product in four by eight foot sheets. And what you can do is you can cut it or for a couple extra bucks here and there, maybe your home center will cut it for you. I know my local one does. And you can cut them to, you know, a variety of sizes that are going to work for your space. Then take that piece home and cover it with fabric. Now you can staple right into the backside of each panel. And then you can use the fabric as is just for, you know, a decorative background. Or you can take some ribbon and create, you know, a decorative grid, maybe on the diamond pattern, maybe sort of like a tic-tac-toe board. This way you can actually have just something a little bit more fancy on your board or maybe even tuck cards over those strings of ribbon. It's really a nice way to just get your family organized. And then what you do once you've got it all made, you just hang your new organizer on the wall by attaching a picture hanger right on the back. All you need are thumbtacks, clips, and you are good to go. It looks great, and I promise it will help keep you organized. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. Coming up next week on the program, we're going to talk about hurricane season and the summer storms that can not only damage your house, they can also damage trees in your yards. We'll have tips on how to care for storm-damaged trees from this old house lawn and garden expert, Roger Cook, next time on The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a Money Pit.